This is ELT Today, brought to you by Frameworks Education Group. I've been musing a lot lately about what project or task-based and experiential learning can be from the point of view of the visual and dramatic arts. Tony G is the artistic director of Creationist Puppets and regarding the idea of a workshop or a project, he argues that the workshop is an art form in itself. Tony has been refining his workshop practice over many decades. He predominantly works with puppet workshops and develops theatre around creation myths with children in the UK and abroad. And this started really back in the late 80s uh, when uh, I had the idea, because I live in a town that had a lot of puppeteers in it, to make the biggest puppet show on earth. And it sold out and we made a huge show in a day and that's where the idea came from. And then later on, the school asked if we could do that as a uh, as a residency in the school. So instead of ten puppeteers doing it in one day, three puppeteers did it across a week. And, and so, when you talk about doing something in one day, what was it that you were actually creating in one day? Well, we made um, ten groups of puppets, and we created a show called The Guests of Chance, mm -hmm. and we made lots of different puppets. It wasn't at the level of what you see around you, but it was because it was the beginning of a long process, so that was the best part of 30 years ago, really. Mm -hmm. I met Tony as he was working on the final stage of a project with Trumpington Meadows Primary here in Cambridgeshire. Children from Year 6 met with Tony and then later with teachers who were guided to take over the next stage of the project, which was to develop the concept and write their own story about a space in the school called The Learning Street. Then I talked to the school council and they said that the two things they wanted to do was to represent different lands across the learning street and then have some creatures that represented their aspirations and hopes along another side of it. So we took that as a starting point and then we worked with the whole of year six and set them up and then they ran workshops for the rest of the school to define the different lands and the creatures that were in them and to look at kind of what each creature brought and they decided that there were four important values that they wanted which were respect, honesty, kindness and courage. So the story is about how those are found, found in a journey and how they're two invisible creatures living in the learning street which is now called the great between in our story and how those are brought back to life by reigniting those values. As the story took shape across the school classes, characters, scenes, sound, movement, choreography, narration and lighting were defined. 
Tony came back to the school after the summer with the workshop outline. Each class of the school were going to be responsible for making the puppets and performing different parts of the play. There would be time for a dress rehearsal and then two performances to family and friends at the end of the week. All seemed lost in the great between and the problems spread out to all the different lands. Even the waters of life were drying up. The fish and dolphins in the sea were very upset, swam around looking for help. The first three days of puppet making involved lots of children making things in a workshop space. Setting the stage of a workshop is very important. Tony considers the workshop itself to be performance. It is a theatre and a piece of art in itself. When you walk into the space, it needs to set a scene, and in this case, the wonder of creation. There is always in Tony's workshop spaces a special carpet rather like a magic carpet that defines the space for meetings and instruction on puppet making. There are diagrams for how the puppets are to be made with carefully scaffolded steps so that children as young as five can participate and make beautiful puppets. There is also a danger table, a space where there are hot glue guns and sharp objects. Rather than not have these things, children are given rules for how to behave around them. There is also a large box labelled the Magic Box of Eyes, where masses of googly and interesting eyes sit waiting for the young puppeteers and creators to place on their own new creations as the final animating flourish. What kind of eyes do the snakes have? Um, scary eyes. <laughs> and when you were making them, you were making them in this room, weren't you, all together? Mm -hmm. And what were the rules? Were there some rules in the, when you were here? Yeah. Things you were allowed to... There was this carpet there, and the teacher was there telling the rules. Mm -hmm. And they drew all the puppets, and we had to copy the puppets. There. Tony says mm -hmm. that to create something has an almost godlike feeling. Six and seven-year-olds have been busy making penguins that they completed in a couple of hours. At my feet lie about 25 monkeys, their bodies made from fake fur, long sponge tubes are used for their arms and their paper mache heads sparkle with glitter. The very objects themselves speak of fun, imagination and the high energy of creation. I find myself looking forward with anticipation to the final show and feeling a little sad I wasn't a kid myself with glitter and glue all over my hands, looking down with pride at the beautiful thing I was creating and part of. I asked Tony what he had found to be the key to learning through his projects and how can we harness this for language learning? Well, I think the, big, I think the biggest, uh, the two biggest things, the two keys to learning that really kind of help that are to do with this is um, 
is one motivation. You don't learn anything really. You can learn by rote, but uh, for something to go to actually be specific to you and contextualised, you need motivation. So motivation uh, this is highly motivating and not just for children it's it's ridiculously motivating it's stupid how people can put a piece of newspaper on a stick and suddenly see the life in it and the second thing is story which uh, has there's lots of research to show that if there's a story to something that it sticks in the memory better so story and motivation are the two things that really help and then because they want to understand we've had lots of children here who haven't got english as their first language but they want to understand and work yes and they're simple things and we're going to work in italy at, because they want to understand, they start understanding, they start asking, and words mm. come from that. So, Yeah, I think feeling that motiv you know, motivation and then ownership of something ownership some of the key is key Ownership's key. To make something that's yours is key. In our teaching and learning, especially in project-based learning and experiential learning, where language is pulled through the activity and lifted out of it, to borrow terms Jeremy Harmer has used, there is a lot we can learn from theatre and the workshop. As an artist, I'm beginning to fully understand the intertwined relationship between process and product. Tony challenged me to consider that process is indeed a product in itself. The dichotomy between process and product is a false one as far as I'm concerned. I've worked with a lot of artists over the years, and that's a whole other story. But one thing that one artist said once, if the product of a workshop is any good, it's the start of the next process. And the products are happening all the way through the process. And understanding that means that we release what's happening as a story in itself. Uh, we don't, I don't mean that we just, we're telling a story, but we're conscious of the story that's unfolding for the participants and we try and guide that story. So we're sort of the story guides. I noticed the other day when I was picking my daughter up from school that they had planted some flags by the school's front entrance. In New Zealand, we would call this by its Māori name, Harakeke. My eyes scanned down to the base of the plant and I remembered how we were taught to cut it when I was taught to weave. The new shoots are in the centre and then the generations of flax leaves fan out from it, each protecting the next. To cut Harakeke for weaving, one first has to say a karakia, that means to give thanks for the resource. Then you cut from the outside in to collect just enough for what you need, protecting those new shoots. Then comes the stripping and preparing of the leaves into what will become the warp and weft of weaving. Finally, after all of this, you can sit down and start to weave. We started with basics and moved through to more complex ideas. And then finally one weekend, we were ready to weave our first basket. So we spent that weekend at the meeting house of the local tribe where my hometown is situated, 
surrounded by ancestors and the living. The weekend was hard. I couldn't get a lot of the first stages right. My tutor would come by and say, no Emma, start again. I would have to undo everything and begin all over. And I knew I couldn't go to sleep that night until I had finished the first stage. That was the challenge. So I got to bed pretty late. But all the while we sat around together, talking, singing, or being sung too. There was always somebody supporting us, right to the last person to go to bed. And we moved from that unmade and unknown space through to the made and known space together. That's what workshops can create. This process of learning together, this gestalt as Tony terms it, means the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And it comes from, from my experience, from these old communal social learning situations. Sadly, in many communities, this has all but disappeared. The power of workshop and project-based and experiential learning is something that we as language teachers have an opportunity to harness. Tony maintains that we are now in an age where we live on an ecological precipice. Consumerism, the big I am or individualist society that is reinforced by media and consumption, make the bringing of people together more urgent than ever. Thank you to Tony G and the puppeteers of Creation Myth Puppets. If you want to find out more about Tony's work and publications about workshops and theatre, go to his website creationmythpuppets.co.uk. Links can be found in the description of this podcast. You've been listening to the Frameworks Education Group podcast ELT Today.